Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It is February 5th, 2022. We usually start our um, scriptural study at one o'clock, so it is now one. Shabbat Shalom. Um, hopefully, as people come in, they will mute their mic so we don't hear all this static and extra stuff while I am delivering the cliff note. Um, <clears throat> thank you for being here, and I hope that this um, message will edify you as we move forward into the scriptures. We are now on the second book, which is Exodus. Um, the second of the five books of the Pentateuch from Moses. Now, there's some things that I need to say before we dive into this book. Um, number one, these are my um, announcements. Okay, um, number one, uh, I'm gonna be expand expanding the platform to other media outlets. So that's gonna be slow and steady simply because um, I feel like it should not be limited to um, Spotify and Anchor. It should not be limited. Um, it should be um, expanded and that's what I'm gonna do. Now, once I get it together, cause like I said, I'm pretty much a one woman show. Once I get it together, cause I have to learn about these platforms. <laughs> on top of everything else that I'm doing. But once I start to uh, uh, get it together with these other platforms, I will definitely let you know, because right now some people are saying that they can't get on or, um, I mean, there's a lot of hoopla that's happening right now on uh, Spotify and Anchor and, you know, it's a bunch of negativity. So it's better to have more eggs in different places than all your eggs in one basket. So um, I will say it that way. Um, so like I said, I will let you know. And hopefully, you know, some people say they can't get on to Anchor and Spotify. I don't know. I mean, I, I never had a problem or nobody else I know had a problem. So if you cannot, it will definitely be because it's on Anchor and Spotify right now. But um, there will definitely be on like um, Apple and all the rest of those other outlets. I've never, I've used Apple before, but I've never used the other outlets, but I'm sure um, these other people who are more savvy than I am in regards to the social, social media um, platforms, um, I'm sure they know. And I'm, you know, I'm doing research on which uh, of these other platforms would be um, ideal for me to um, have a, um, a spot. <laughs> In. Okay. Um, I want to talk about this book. Uh, this book, Exodus, is pretty complicated, um, especially for those who have never read it. And I know the average person who have gone to church, uh, and I'm talking about the average person, um, never read the whole book. And they wait for whoever's in their church to pick out uh, certain scriptures and say whatever they say. It will behoove you to take the time to know what the Most High is saying to you. 
okay, for your own edification. Remember, I said the worst thing anybody could do for you is ignore you and let you go down in flames. Mm-hmm. When somebody's thinking about you, that means they care. Now, <clears throat> um, this book, even though I broke it down in three um, points or three parts, the first part is huge. The first part is huge. So um, I, um, I will not be able to describe every nuance that's in this book. I will not be able to uh, describe that. And what I mean by some people who don't know what nuance means, it means every particular specific thing that's going to happen to the children of Israel. Okay. So I won't be able to describe that. But thankfully, we will continue moving with the book of Jasper because I'm getting ready to upload the last book, which is five. Now, if you've been listening to the book of Jasper, then you know you're already in Exodus. It doesn't say Exodus, but it it's describing the Exodus. They already there, you know, from um, when we did um, Genesis and it went up to 50, you already know they was already there. You know, they, um, they were already in um, uh, the children of Israel, along with Israel, was already in, um, uh, uh, what is it? Mizraim, which is Egypt. But the real name is Mizraim, and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, break that down in a minute. But the children were in Egypt, and they had the choice land. They had all of that because the Pharaoh at that time loved Joseph and gave Joseph whatever. Remember, Joseph was basically the ruler, and Pharaoh was like the god of Egypt, and um, Joseph was like the ruler of Egypt. Remember, he gave Joseph his ring and yada yada yada. So, um, like I said, I'm not going to be able to describe everything, but we have the books that you can listen to that give you every piece of information that you need to. The reason for this is to give you things to remember and understand, because like I said, in the regular Bible, it's not giving you what you should know. Okay. And I already told you the devil fools the whole world. And I will continue to say it as long as I'm talking on this platform. Because the devil fools you, the devil been fooling people since the beginning, since he bamboozled Adam. Trust me, even through the deluge, remember, the seed of evil was already planted in a human being. And guess what? Yeah. Anyway, so I'm getting ready to give you the, um, the highlights. If you can see this board, it's huge. Like I do my lessons on a board. And my lessons are written now, and that's how I explain things. For those people who um, have never been on an actual um, uh, lesson, a Zoom lesson, I mean, you see this huge board and there's all kinds of stuff on the board, and I have papers too. So I come prepared, honey, with receipts. I already said what I said. Anyway, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to break it down, and hopefully we have enough time because... Usually I have like a less than an hour to explain things, but we'll see what, we, what we're going to do. Okay, I'm going to try to wrap it up as fast as I can, but I need you to understand everything I'm going to say. All right, so, okay, let's just start. All right, this is the second book of Moses, I already told you. 
And okay, the children are in Mizraim. And that's AKA Egypt. What does, um, now I already told you, in the Hebrew language, everything means some. So Mizraim is the real name of Egypt, according to Hebrew scholars and um, the history of it is some. Like people don't use that name no more. They use Egypt, which means North Africa, that little place where the, where the um, pyramids are. It really, you know, it's just Egypt, you know, whatever. But Mizraim means bondage. It means hardship. It means distress. It means oppression. That's what Mizraim means. And you need to understand that. You know why? Because there is a prophecy, a few, about Egypt. Like I said, Mizraim. People go on to Egypt now, but it's Mizraim. There's a few prophecies. Yah said he was going to destroy them. Look at them now. <laughs> Yah said he was going to destroy them. And he also said that he was going to send the children of Israel into spiritual Mizraim. Now, I already told you what Mizraim meant. Bondage, hardship, distress, and oppression. Think of the children of Israel when they first went into bondage. That's where they went. So now the children of Israel, remember, Yah is not a man that he should lie. Now the children of Israel are um, scattered to this day in real time in spiritual Egypt. What does, um, and it's not Egypt, it's Mizraim. What does uh, Mizraim mean, a.k.a. Egypt? Bondage, hardship, distress, and oppression. Who are the children of Israel? Okay. Anyway. All right, let's let's start. Okay, Exodus outline. We have we have the three parts are the Exodus, the law, and the tabernacle. Now we're gonna start getting into some real spiritual stuff. And like I said, the book of Exodus is going to explain stuff, but the book of Jess is giving you the meat. So I'm gonna give you as much as I can in explanation as I can. Okay. All right. So. Chapter one is the need for redemption from Mizraim. What does that mean? That means, I already told you since chapter 50 of Exodus, excuse me, of Genesis, now things are starting to turn sour. Now everybody's living there, they're living high on the hog. Remember the, uh, the seven years of plenty went and then the seven years of famine. Now everything's evening itself out, you know, years and, and generations is going and this and that. That king, you already know that Joseph and Israel died. That king that um, allowed them to do everything knew Joseph, okay? All right, that king. Now the king had a son that became a king. And they were still living high on the hog. Um, Israel was still living high on the hog with that king, okay? Now the next king, which is the third king, comes into place and he's saying he don't know Joseph or the, um, or um, Israel, Yasharel. And this is where the stuff starts, okay? So um, now this, um, this Pharaoh, from the first Pharaoh that was all good with, um, with um, Joseph, to the next two, now it's a different story, okay? It's a whole different ball game now, okay? So um, 
I'm going to be switching from book to book. Like I said, um, Exodus is Exodus, but in the book of Jasa, it gives you more meat. Now, through the book of Jasa, um, I'm going to give you some information. Through the book of Jasa, um, certain lines of the children of Israel went into bondage. Not all lines did. 11 of the lines went into bondage. Did you hear what I said? 11. Now in Exodus, remember I told you that, let me just say something first. Don't you ever, ever forget that the devil fools the whole world. Don't you ever forget that the devil fools the whole world, okay? Because when I'm telling you something that goes against everything you believe, remember the devil fools the whole world. And don't you forget that, except for the very elect. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the reason why he doesn't um, fool the elect is because the most high is dealing with them, with the Ruah. Do not forget that. Cause I'm gonna say some stuff that does not go along with what you were taught, okay? All right. So 11 of the brothers went into bondage. Did you hear what I said? 11 of them, not all 12, went into bondage, okay? Check the book of Jessa. Probably already heard it, but now, how they went into bondage is that, remember, we on the third king from the first king that was with Joseph, okay? The first king that was with Joseph had a son. Joseph raised that son up. And he became a decent king, but that son had another son. And now this is the one that's putting them in bondage. Now, when the, and this is around, uh, oh, I didn't get to um, chapter two yet, but uh, I'm just setting the stage. Um, this is around when Moses, remember this is third and fourth generation. This is around the time when Moses is getting ready to be born, but he hasn't been born yet. But there is a prophecy about Moses and his sister Miriam prophesied about it, okay? Yes. Now, a, uh, Moses had a brother named Aaron, who was the first priest, not under Melchizedek, but one of the first priests under Levi. Well, he is Levi. I mean, he's not Levi, I'm sorry. He's a priest under Levi named Aaron. But, um, and he um, had a sister named Miriam. And they was both older than Moses. But anyway, um, this is the time when uh, the king, the king is, um, you know, the children are fruitful and they multiplying. Honey, they are multiplying. So um, the king is, the king is like, damn, where are all these people? What's up with all these people? So the whole cabinet, along with the king, came together. And they said, we got to learn to deal with these people very carefully. Now, I want you to understand what I said the first time, that Mizraim means hardship, distress, and oppression. Because I already told you everything works in a circle. Everything works in a circle. So what happened then is happening again. Okay, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. This is how all these scriptures go together. There's nothing new under the sun. So what happened then is happening now in real time. Okay, and it's prophesied. So Pharaoh gets together with his cabinet and they said, we're gonna have to deal with this, honey. Why these people keep multiplying like this? Oof. We gotta deal with them. 
So we gonna um, remember this is the time when they being fruitful and multiply because uh, um, Exodus one and one is giving you an information of how um, how many people went into Egypt, which it was seventy people initially. Then it start, turned out to be thousands from that time when they first went into Mizraim until the third and fourth generation. Okay, so um, the people of Israel was fruitful and they increased greatly and they multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. <laughs> so <laughs> Pharaoh was like, whoa, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> so there was a new king that arose. Remember I told you the great grandson of the first king that was with Joseph. Now it arose, it arose a new king who quote unquote didn't know Joseph. Okay, it's the great grandson of the king that knew Joseph. And he said to the people, behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come and let's deal with them shrewdly uh, unless they multiply and take over now. That's one, eight through 11. Now I'm gonna tell you what happened. I'm gonna tell you what's going on. What happened was, when they um when they got you know when they were still in um when they were still in Egypt they was fighting and this is in the book of Jasper they was fighting with their cousins Esau's line and everybody knew who um Israel was everybody knew who the children of Israel was and everybody knew who Israel himself was because he remember in that area everybody knew everybody knew that the most high was doing stuff everybody knew that the most high was on their side they never heard the most high talk they never saw um they saw the might of the uh, of Israel they saw the might of the of Israel but they ain't seen no manifestations from the most high okay but they knew if they messed with the most, I mean, if they messed with um, uh, Israel, what they was going to get, okay? Because they say, oh, your God is bigger than ours. But remember, the most high is not no God, honey. He is the father of spirits. And I told you, all of the nations worship devils. So, of course, the most high is going to be higher than any devil. Of course. So, the reason why um, Pharaoh was concerned, quote, unquote, is because he thought that the other nation, which was, um, which was um, Jacob, Yaakov's brother's line, they was fighting because they was fighting because a war broke out when they started, um, when they went to go bit, uh, bury uh, Israel. And Esau was like, uh-uh, this is ours. Uh-uh, I did not say that you could do this and that. And uh-uh, I didn't give him nothing. I didn't give Jacob nothing. And Joseph said, yes, you did. And Joseph had the records that Yaakov, who was Israel, gave him. See, I thought, um, I guess um, Esau, there he is again, trying to bully somebody. So this is what was happening. And Mizraim, a.k.a. Egypt, was watching this. They was already in Egypt, but they was um, fighting and all of this stuff. And the king, who was the pharaoh, did not want all that stuff to go down. So he was like, oh, we're going to have to deal with them. We got to deal with them. Okay. So shrewdly, this is what they say. So he got a cabinet together and they all started talking on how they can kill off the males. Uh-huh. Remember who I told you who um, Israel is? 
kill off the males or do stuff with the males or to kill off um, half of the nation they needed to. What is happening now? I told you everything working in a circle. Anyway, so that's what they did. So I want to give you some information too. Now, I already told you that within a cabinet is different people. It's just like government today. There's the president and then there's the generals who are at war. Then it's the, um, the speaker of the house and it's all these positions. So there was positions, the, the, there, was, um, there was also generals that was close to um, the Pharaoh. And then there was, remember, they was all worshiping devils. So it was always a top priest and some magicians. So it just so happens because um, Israel worshiped devils, this is why people studying their stuff now, the devils, the devils helped them with that. Anyway, so um, he had chief mag magicians and priests and all that stuff that would uh, practice the black arts. So he will always get um, information and stuff from them. So the top uh, priest was Janice, and Jeffries, is it? Hold on, let me see what's, what their names are. It is Janice and Jambries. Now, remember those names because those are the ones that was battling Moses, okay? It's also um, another, it's also a prophet that used to be with them too. That's um, in the book of Kings, but there was a prophet that came to the land of Mizraim AKA Egypt too. So they was all on in the Pharaoh's cabinet advising him. So one day, now remember we in the, um, we in chapter one, the need to, re, uh, to redeem Mizraim, AKA Egypt. Now, what does that mean? It means somebody rescuing them. Okay. What does redemption mean? Say like you go to, you go to a store. I'm just going to give you a little example. Say so like you go and you know, we had the five cent deposits, right? Okay, so when you go to, um, you drink uh, water or whatever, so, soft drink, cola, whatever you drink, it has a five cent bottle return. Okay, when you finish with that bottle, you redeem it for a, a nickel. Okay, so you have, to, you have to sell it to somebody and somebody got to purchase it and give you money for it. That's what redemption, the kind of redemption that um, Israel needed. They needed somebody to purchase them or buy them out of slavery. Got it? Okay. So while they was plotting and scheming to get rid of Israel by any means necessary because the king slash uh, Pharaoh needed to preserve his own people, what they did was devise a plan. So they had so many different plans. And when I say different plans, First, they wanted to throw the kids in the water. Then they wanted to chop them up and, um, and, and put them in the ground. Then they wanted to um, kill all the males, the first ones. They wanted to mate with the females. I mean, it was so many plans. It was a lot of plans. And you're not going to hear this in the book of uh, regular book of uh, Exodus. You're going to hear this more in the book of Jasper. So they, had, they was coming up with all these plans. But then one day, the Pharaoh had a dream. And the dream was, oh, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but the dream had to do with Moses, that somebody was going to take his crown and crush Egypt, something like that, okay? So um, he was worried because he was like, wow. And I say this, a lot of times we have, a lot of times the average person has a dream, right? Now, sometimes it's just a regular dream. Sometimes you ate before you went to bed. 
It could be anything. But if you keep having the same dream over and over, something is happening that you need to look into that dream. Because the most high has been here. Like I said, the most high has been here. Spirit's been here since way before humans came here. And sometimes you are getting a message and you need to start listening to yourself. Just like that small voice. The most high said there's a small voice. You need to start listening to it. I'm taking a little water break. You need to start listening to that small voice simply because somebody's telling you something especially if you keep having the same dream over and over. So this is what was going on with the Pharaoh. So it bothered him enough that he brought it to his cabinet, which was the magicians and, and the um, prophets and all that. Yeah, there was prophets other places too. Mm -hmm. Remember, I already told you. Other places ruled by the devil. Devils could give you false prophecies and all that, false all kinds of stuff. Anyway, so they, the uh, Pharaoh brought the dream to the cabinet. And the cabinet, the people in the cabinet told him, oh, somebody is going to come and they're going to take your crown and they're going to crush you. Somebody's going to take your crown off your head like that. That's what they were saying. So now I'm going to fast forward to how they was getting rid of the children of Israel. I already told you they devised various plans, systematic oppression systematic destruction the whole egypt was trying their best to do everything to get rid of the children of israel does that sound familiar to you yeah think about it anyway systematic destruction systematic getting rid of all the males systematic doing whatever so what the pharaoh did if he he was pulling midwives and they was from israel and he pulled those midwives and he was like this is what we're going to do. This is the start of trying to get rid of the children. This is what we're going to do. Every time um, Yasharel has, um, has a baby and if it comes out a male, now he's talking to two Yashareli women. Every time they have a baby and they go to the birth stool and they um, have a baby and it comes out male, I want you to kill them. And if it's a female, then you... Um, allow it to live so the two midwives because these are like they was like two nurses these are the ones that you call when everybody had a baby because you know um back in the days you know there wasn't no doctors um i don't even think being a doctor is a thousand years old i don't know i got to do some homework on that but there wasn't no doctors back there it was just midwives and people who taught other people how to do certain things so they was calling these midwives of Egypt and they was, um, excuse me, of Ish Israel and telling them to kill their own people if it's a male. Mm -hmm. So um, you already know they all follow the most high. And the two midwives was like, oh, we could, they left. I'll, I'll say that they left. But then later on, they people st still kept having boys. <laughs> So they called, you know, um, first of all, the two midwives was like, um, we ain't doing that. We worship the most high. We ain't doing none of that. We ain't doing none of that. So they still kept having kids. And then they pulled the two midwives back in and was like, didn't we tell y'all to get rid of the male children? And they was like, let me tell you something. The um, children of Israel, the women of Israel and the, uh, the women of Egypt is too different. By the time we get to uh, the women of, um, by the time we get to the women of um, 
Israel, they already had the kids. So we didn't, we didn't have no part in it, even though <laughs> they did. And they wasn't trying to listen to the Pharaoh because they were the children of Israel and they let every man be a liar in the, in the most obvious truth. So they wasn't, those, those midwives wasn't paying Pharaoh not a bit of attention. They wasn't paying him no mind. So the plan still was to kill off the children of Israel. Like I said, everything working in a circle, figure it out what's happening. It happened there at first, and it, it continued to happen to this day. Uh-huh. Male, male children, public enemy number one. You know who the children of Israel are. Anyway, so now we move into... Hold on. Okay, now Israel is, I mean, now the Pharaoh is saying, you throw everybody, that was a decree. Decree, it, one of the decrees is every son that's born to the Hebrews shall be cast in the Nile. That's that Nile River. They're going to be cast them out. And if the if the female is alive, if the female, if they have, if they have a female, then the female is going to be alive. But get rid of all the males. So that was a decree. So everybody knew now. So the men and the women of Israel were separating because nobody didn't want to have no children because they didn't know whether the child was going to come out a boy and then they was going to kill him. So people were very careful. The children of Israel was very, very careful not to procreate. And if they did procreate, the Most High always made a plan for them. The Most High always made a plan for them. Now, that's not to say a lot of male children were killed, uh, weren't killed. Yes, they were. They were stolen into the river. They was chopped up. They was killed in front of them. I mean, all hell was breaking loose. Okay. So while they was doing all of this, um, killing and destroying them, people were separating so that they wouldn't. Now at that time, at that time, Moses ain't, um, I'm just setting the stage. Moses ain't born yet. At that time, what they was doing was they was trying to employ the children of Israel to build up their infrastructure. Listen to what I'm saying. Everything work in a circle. They was trying to employ them, quote unquote. Now, this is the thing. Remember, first they came to, everybody was together and everything was wonderful. And then after the third generation, like I said, this king did not know Joseph. So now he's wondering how all these dead going is uh, Israelis is, um, I'm not gonna say Israelis, children of Israel um, are populating. He don't want them fighting and tearing up um, uh, Egypt slash Mizraim. So we gotta devise a plan so that they don't take over our, um, our uh, I can't even say country, our region. So while he's devising all these plans to destroy them, they still multiplying. Okay, so the Most High was still blessing them, still with them, never left, never went nowhere. I'm not saying that there wasn't no um, stress and trauma with the uh, children of Israel. Yes, they still had to, you know, uh, keep their eyes open. At any time somebody's pregnant, somebody got their eye on you to take your child, especially if it's a male child. They didn't want no more population growth with the children of Israel. You know why. Anyway, so uh, I already told you that he had that dream a while ago, um, uh, Pharaoh. So now they start throwing the kids into the river. 
Okay. I already told you, Miriam. I already told you, Miriam was already born. This is um, Moses's parents is in the line of Levi. Okay. They're in the line of Levi, the priest. So they have children, right? And this is the time when they throwing the kids in the water. So they have Miriam. Miriam was the oldest daughter. And as a child, she prophesied that um, the mother was going to have boys. So now the mother has another baby. They hurry up and move her to another part of the region so she can have this baby. And she has Aaron. So at that time, you know, they throwing, like I said, they throwing people in the, in the water and all of this stuff. So later on, they've been doing it for, they was doing it for years. I told you, they trying to control the population growth. Okay. So while they doing all that and that decree went off, they killing kids left and right. They doing it left and right. So then fast forward, like I said, that prophecy with uh, Moses had came through already with the king. Now, later on, because the, uh, the, uh, the husbands separated from the wives, and then sometimes when they came back together, you know what happened. So now um, uh, Moses' mother get pregnant again. So she hid the child. They hurried up, got her, and moved her to another region. She hid the child for three months. Before they found out, that she had a son. So she hurry up and put it in the water, put uh, the baby in the water. You already know the most high was watching after. Now, Moses already had a name from his mother. And I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but in the book of Jasa, it tells you. So while the baby's in the Nile, remember his oldest sister, Miriam, prophesied that he was coming. So they put the baby in the water. And the baby was floating along in a little, you know, little boat type of thing. So now the Egyptian, uh, the king's daughters taking the bath. Everybody, first of all, let me put a little, a little tab in this. Everybody needed the River Nile to do everything. They bathed in it. They drank out of it. They did everything with it. Okay. I'm just telling you, that's how important the River Nile. To this day, the River Nile is vital to the people in that region. From the top of um, North Africa, to the, uh, the east side going down through Ethiopia. That's how important the Nile is to this day. But now we're back in the Bible. So the river, uh, the river Nile is very important to them. So they all chilling out at the river Nile because you know it's hot as blazes over there. So you know everybody was melanated, okay? It's hot as I don't know who, who, what over there, okay? So, you know, everybody's um, melanated. Everybody's chilling out, trying to be cool and whatever, in the water, splashing and doing whatever they're doing. So, the baby's floating by, and here goes the, um, the princess with um, the pharaoh's daughter, with her, her court, because you know they always have handmaids and all of that. So, they found the baby. She's like, woo, I got a baby. So she was like, oh, this is one of the, um, this is one of the um, Israeli children. Uh, I'm not going to say Israeli. This is one of the children of Israel, Yasharel, I'll say. This is one of Yasharel. They knew who Yasharel was, even though just because you melanated don't mean you belong to the same tribe. People with two good synapses in brain cells understand that. 
Everybody else is led by the devil. I will say that because you already know the devil fools the whole world. And the average knucklehead looks at everybody who's melanated and thinks they're the same. <sighs> anyway, so she looks at the baby and she's like, oh, this is one of um, Yasharel. So Miriam's still lurking around. And she's like, oh, let me try to see if I can feed the baby. But the baby was like, uh-uh, I'm going to put that cat in my mouth. <laughs> you trying to be me, but he would not, he would not suckle. So, so here come Miriam and her little nosy stuff. And she was like, oh, you want me to go get one of Yasharel to feed the baby? And the girl um, and the princess was like, yes. So she go get the, um, she goes to get her mother to suckle the baby so for that whole time when he when he needed to be suckled his mother suckled him and guess what pharaoh's daughter paid her praise y'all that's what y'all do to y'all huh that's what he'll do for you okay that's what he'll do to the heathens and that's what he'll do for believers in yashara okay so his mother was being paid to suckle him isn't that something okay so now Moses is growing up in the house of Pharaoh, okay? Pharaoh never treated Moses no different. He didn't. Now, there's a little bit of nuances in there because there were other children that was brought up too. Not saying that Moses wasn't, uh, uh, Moses wasn't abused, but he wasn't first. Say it like that. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? And my children who belong to me is first, but I love you too. And I'm not going to treat you different, but my people, my children who came from my loins is mine. Just know that that's how the atmosphere was. I'm drinking again. Hold on. So now they're growing up and stuff like that. So like I said, the, uh, the Pharaoh, we on chapter two. Now the Pharaoh, oh, let me just point this out too. Moses was beautiful, baby. I already told you the children of Israel, beautiful, kissed by the sun, nice and brown, beautiful, melanated skin. Yeah, the baby was melanated. That's why, um, that's why um, the Pharaoh's daughter was like, oh no, I'm gonna keep this baby. Mm-hmm, I'm keeping this baby. Yes, honey, yes. So now we're on chapter two, and chapter two is the birth, the rescue, and the training of the deliverer, Moses. I'm going to try to condense this because this is a big one. Now, Moses is growing up. Moses knows exactly who he was, who he, yes, he knew who he was. He, there was no mistake that he thought he was um, Mizraim. I already told you what Mizraim means. Mizraim means oppression, hardship, distress, okay? They, and bondage. They call it Egypt, but it's Mizraim, and that's what it means. Do not forget that. So uh, Moses knew exactly who he was. Like I said, he grew up in the uh, Pharaoh's house. He was not treated any differently, but like I said, the atmosphere was, if you came from my loins, you first. You understand what I'm saying? So he grew up with Pharaoh's daughter. They knew that he was from uh, the tribe of Israel. They raised them up, did whatever. And the king, 
Okay, I'll just I'll just say this. I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna say something else. Um, while he was growing, he he was still a toddler. Okay, he's still a toddler, and um, Mo, the king picked him up and took the um, and took the crown off his head and put it on his own head. That's what Moses did as a, as a toddler. The king, the, who's the pharaoh, picked Moses up and was playing with him. And Moses grabbed for his crown and put it on his own head. The king was shocked. Remember, way back there, he had a um, he had a dream. So, and now everybody's shocked. So he he put the baby down. The baby went wherever they went, and they started having. Um, um, conversations within the cabinet. I already told you what the cabinet consists of. War, you know, the uh, the minister of war, the uh, the priests, the prophets, whoever else is supposed to govern. And you already know the whole spiel what goes on in Egypt because they digging up they they people now. So now they getting together was like, oh my goodness, what was all, all that about this and that? So now the king is pissed off. Oh no, he this um this um uh. Chill, this Yasharel is not going to take my crown. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, he wanted to kill uh, Moses while he was a baby. So you know the Most High was already on top of it. So they convened to try to figure out what they're going to do. So you already know that the king wanted to kill Moses. And, you know, they wanted to try to figure out, yeah, let's find out, you know, the best way to handle this. So now the Most High sends an angel that becomes one of the cabinet members. Okay, the Most High sends the angel to become one of the cabinet members. And this is what they did. And this is important to note. This is what they did. Um, okay, instead of killing this child, we're going to put the child through a test. And what happens is we're going to take this live coal, a piece of coal, a piece of coal. Since this, because they want to understand why is this child taking this crown and putting it on his own head? He's just a baby. So they said this, instead of just killing the child right off, because that's what the Pharaoh wanted to do, just slay him right there. The angel manipulated, I'm not going to say manipulated, but the angel, um, convinced the cabinet into saying, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna put a live coal and we're gonna I forgot what else they put there. I forgot what they put there. If he if he grabbed it might have been the crown or something, because I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was two things that the baby was supposed to grab for. If the baby grabbed for one of them, if he grabbed, I want to say it's the crown again, but it it was it was probably something else, a scepter, a, a jewel, whatever it was. A crown, a scepter, a jewel, something it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. But if he grabbed for that, he was going to die. But if he grabbed for this hot coal, then he was going to live because he didn't know what he was doing. He, he's not somebody who's trying to go for the crown. That's what it was. So they went to go get Moses. Remember, he's still a toddler. They went to go get Moses. Remember that the angel's the one who convinced them to do, you know, because he came into the cabinet and did whatever. And the baby grabbed for the hot coal and put the hot coal in his mouth. And that's how Moses had a speech impediment. Now, in the book of Exodus, 
when the Most High starts talking to Moses and he's a grown man, he says to the Most High, I'm not a man of good speech. And you know why? Because he put that hot coal in his mouth when he was a baby. That's why. Because everybody go, okay, well, why? He must have been stuttering. Uh-uh. He was burned real bad in his mouth. So he couldn't really, you know, when you have damage to your mouth and stuff, the outside of your mouth and inside of your mouth, it's burnt up. You, sometimes you have a list. Sometimes you have this. So you're not really good at speech. And, speech. and remember, words are impactful important and powerful so he wasn't that because when he was young he put that hot coal in his mouth now they ain't gonna say that in the regular book but they say it in the book of Jasper. so that's important to know now fast forward he's a grown man okay moses is grown about 17 18 years old so i'm gonna read a passage exodus 2 and 11 we still on exodus 2 one day moses had grown up and he went out to his people and looked out at their burdens. Oh, let me put a pen in that. The children of Israel was duped. They was manipulated. They was tricked into being slaves. I'm gonna tell you how they was. First, they was being paid to build up the infrastructure in Mizraim, AKA Egypt. They was paid. And I already told you it was 11 of the brothers and not 12. The line of um, Levi, which is Aaron came to be, it, they they never went into slavery. See, they ain't gonna tell you that, okay? And some people be on like, oh, that's not what I learned. Well, unlearn what you learn, cause that's false doctrine. Not all of them. Remember, I didn't say. Oh, I did a I did a lesson. Levi's line did not go into bondage, cause that's the Most High's portion. That's just like putting the Most High in bondage, and ain't nobody gonna check the Most High. So anyway. They all went into bondage, but they were strict. First, they used to get paid. Now, when they was building up infrastructure, it was also people from Mizraim, AKA Egypt was helping. They was, you know, it was like a job. You go on construction, you go and get, get paid. But then later on, I already told you that um, Pharaoh and his cabinet devised plans on getting rid of Egypt, I mean, excuse me, of um, the children of Israel. And they was doing it in every way, systematic oppression. Does that sound familiar? Okay. So first, everybody's working like regular. You're getting your paycheck and doing whatever else. You know, there wasn't no paychecks, but you know, people was getting paid, compensated in some way. Who knows? Anyway, so little by little, the, the people, the citizens under Pharaoh who are of Egypt, AKA Mizraim, they started leaving. And later on, it, little by little, it was only the children of Israel that was working. So first they went from getting paid to getting a little bit of pay to getting no pay to being in slavery. That's how they've been in slavery because nobody could beat them. Do not let that regular book of Exodus tell you that somebody put them in bondage when the most high was all over them. That's a lie. I already told you the devil fools the whole world. They had to be manipulated into bondage. Nobody didn't just beat them down and put them in bondage. No, you have to. And I'm going to tell you this and don't forget what I'm getting ready to say to you. The laws, remember before the laws came out, there was always precepts of the most high. Whatever Yah says is the precept. I already said that. So there was already precepts since Adam was here. Whatever the most high said. So if you bypass his laws, precepts, and commands, and statutes, 
That's when you bypass your blessing, children of Israel. So when you stop listening and doing whatever you do and you bypassing your own blessing, nobody can um, block your blessing but you, nobody. So like I said, I'm back with the children of Israel in Egypt, AKA Ms. Ryan. Nobody couldn't block their blessings, but guess what? They manipulated them into building the infrastructure of Egypt, okay? First they was, um, they was working, it was a job, it was employment. And then little by little, it turned into bondage. That's how it happened. Don't let nobody tell you that, oh yeah, they got into bondage because of this and because of that. Nope, because the children of Israel been in bondage several times. And as we keep moving through this, um, uh, these scriptures, I will tell you exactly how they went into bondage. And do not forget, if you are not in the word of Yah, listening to his precepts, statutes, and commands, you blocking your blessing, period. So they got manipulated into bondage. Now Moses is seeing this, okay? He sees this. He sees all the years that they doing all of this. But Moses can't do nothing about it. He understands that it's wrong. He knows exactly who he is and he doesn't like it, but he can't do nothing about it. So one day, and they point this out, one day Moses was out in the field or whatever. He saw taskmasters. That's what they said. They assigned taskmasters. To this day, hundreds of years ago in the United States, they had taskmasters too for the children of Israel in bondage. So they had taskmasters that would um, do all kinds of stuff to them. And I'm gonna give you an example of what they would do. They would make them go to work. And if they didn't make them go to work, they will cut, um, come in their house, kick down their doors and take their children. Okay, where were they going? Remember they was in the wilderness, quote unquote. They came from Canaan, they came out of Canaan because of all the stuff that was going on. And they went into Egypt. They didn't know nowhere else but to go back to Canaan, but it wasn't time yet. And nobody was thinking about that because they had lived for generations, probably hundreds of years in Egypt, AKA Mizraim. Remember that name Mizraim because it means bondage. So where are you running? So while they kicking down your door and taking your kids, you have no choice but to continue to go build that infrastructure. And that's what you did. And not only did they build the infrastructure, it was coming out of their own pockets too. Now you were slaves and I'm gonna charge you for the, um, for the, um, the bricks and the mortar and all the rest of the, the stuff it takes to build the infrastructure, you're paying for it yourself. Now, there is some um, countries right now that if you go to jail or prison, you got to pay for everything. Your family got to pay for everything. It happens here too. Who are the children of Israel? Just wondering. Anyway, so this is what was happening. And Moses, uh, I want to tell you too, his name wasn't Moses. It was Moshe. Remember, they changed his name. The devil fools the whole world. I already said that. Anyway. I'm going to keep calling him Moses, but his real name was Moshe. Now, so he sees one of the taskmasters that he thinks nobody else sees beating the crap out of one of his brethren. And what does he go do? He goes down there and he kills him. That pisses the Pharaoh off. So that's, that's strike one. 
for the Pharaoh. <laughs> You're not going to keep doing this. You're supposed to be on our side. You ain't supposed to be on their side. Moses was like, I ain't on your side. Yeah, I grew up with you and all that, but I ain't going to be doing all of that. I ain't going to be standing by and watching all this stuff. Have home. So while they was angry at Moses, and now, and now I'm going more towards the book of Jasper. They angry at Moses. Moses runs off. Moses runs off. Now Moses is around 18, 19 years old. And he runs off. So he's in the wilderness. Think about where Egypt is today, North Africa on the top. So Moses is running off. And guess who he runs into? Is he, does he run into Melchizedek first or does he come back and run to, into Melchizedek's tomb? I can't remember whether he was coming or going, uh, coming into Egypt or going out of Egypt when he runs into Melchizedek. I already told y'all who Melchizedek was, okay? Melchizedek is the top of the food chain when it comes down to the most high. He's the top of the top, of the top priest, hiding Levi. So that's what Moses does. I think it's when he comes back. But anyway, he left. He leaves because he committed a murder. And then he goes and he helps. Uh, he goes down into Africa, which is Mesopotamia, and he starts to help um, this other kingdom while he's in um, Africa. But before they do that, I already told you, the two, um, the two uh, magicians, Janice and Jambres, for some reason, remember, he's not in Egypt right no more. Um, Moses is not in Egypt no more. But Janice and Jambres, who was the top magician of um, Egypt slash Mizraim, they left. They went into another, they went lower down in uh, Mesopotamia and they manipulated another kingdom while their king went off to war. Cause you know, there was still wars and all that stuff going on. But like I said, the, um, the book of uh, the Old Testament belongs to a particular people. So like I said, it's just like me giving, handing down a, a photo book or a history book of your own family. It don't include nobody else's family. I mean, peripherally, it does. You know, outside, oh yeah, there's a war over there and a war over there, but it ain't got nothing to do with us. So there were other things going on, but according to the Bible or the Sefers, which is the different scrolls that the children of Israel kept, it was predominantly about them. So now I'm just going to give you some outside stuff what was going on. Because in the regular book of the Bible, uh, it cuts this out. So I'm just going to fill it in for you. Um, Moses left and he went in lower Africa, which is, was Mesopotamia. And he helped a kingdom from Janice and Jaffrey, Jambres. I can't remember their names, but Jan, Janice and Jambres. He helped get rid of them because they was manipulating other kingdoms. So after he defeated them, they made him a king for 18, 20 years, 23 years, I forgot how many years. For many years, they made him a king. But the king's wife, now, you know, when you become, oh, I'm getting ready to run out of time, but we're going to go to the second one because only, I'm only on number two and we got to go all the way up to 18. So just bear with me, please. So um, 
through um when you when you get ready to marry another you know when the king is gone and you get ready to marry the king's wife to become the king you got to marry her you got to perform the duties of a husband moses didn't they made him a king and they loved moses everywhere moses went they loved him everywhere moses went people loved him he had this positivity about him he had this humility about him the most high said it too that's why uh moses was a friend of him his along with abraham Ooh, the most high loved moses he said he was humble and everything so that's how he was it don't mean he wouldn't beat you down to a pole now that doesn't it don't mean that but he was humble he had a very humble spirit a very positive aura about him everybody loved him and he was smart as a whip so he taught uh, the other kingdom, this person, this uh, this particular kingdom that he went to rule for many years. He taught them how to um, over um, override or um, get rid of the two uh, magicians that came there and start manipulating. So you know they made him the king, but then after these years, for probably 25, 30 years, I can't remember off the top of my head, he never touched the king's wife. He never touched her. So she was like, damn, um, why do we have this person ruling us? We never consummated. You might as well, you know, why would you have him? Why would you have this stranger? This is after he saved, Moses saved the kingdom and all of that. And they lived in harmony all these years and everybody was dedicated to him. Here come the wife. Uh, this man never consummated no children with me. I don't have nothing with him. I got my own son from the first king that left, but I don't have nothing else. And um, why is he still here? Why is he here when all of us is from one nation? This person ain't from our nation. So Moses was like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to stay with her. I'm not staying with her. So he left. He didn't have no problems. He just left. And they gave him, you know, riches and stuff. And he left. They loved Moses. You know, it wasn't no hard feelings, honey. I mean, I'm a rule here for uh, a couple of decades, a few decades, and I'm out. So that's what he did. He left. Now, while he left, that's when he ran into Melchizedek and gave him a 10. Is it a 10? I don't think it's Melchizedek. Yes, he did. Was it? Yeah. Okay, scratch that scratched the milk his day so he he left and he went into another land now i can't remember the land off the top of my head but this is where he met his wife this is where um moses met the woman uh zipporah that he's gonna marry so while he was met her i believe he met her at a well some because i can't remember every nuance that was going on but he met her and then um, his father, Zipporah's father was of influence. And I can't remember how, but just know that when, um, because he started courting, before he courted uh, Zipporah, um, the, Zipporah told her father who he was and this and that. Now, this is when um, he just left that kingdom in, in the lower part of Mesopotamia. Now he's walking and he you know he meets Zipporah and tells her whatever they start connecting so then Zipporah's father's like well where are you from and um and Moses tells him and Mo and Zipporah's father's like I don't believe that I don't believe that you was a king and they let you go I do not believe that 
So Zipporah's father puts him in jail. So Moses in, is in jail. Now you ain't gonna see this in um, the book of Exodus, the regular book. This is in the book of um, Jasa. So he puts him in jail for a certain amount of time and just leaves him there, don't feed him or nothing. Because Zipporah's father said, well, if he is a prisoner, because I believe he's a prisoner, I don't believe what he just said. If he's a prisoner, then I'm holding him for the people of the lower Mesopotamia to come back and get him. If he's supposed to be, you know, I'm thinking he's a prisoner. So he just left them in there. But Zipporah was feeding them and taking care of them and they grew closer. Then finally, when Zipporah's father let him out, that's when they started being together. So now um, he's the older man. All this stuff happening in 20, 30, 40, 50. These was decades that was going by, okay? So we still on chapter three and four. This is the, the beginning of uh, Moses, his um, experiences in life. Now I'm gonna put a pin in that and I'm gonna say this. There's gonna be a lesson that I'm going to teach. And it's pretty much a description of the trials and tribulations that you're gonna go through in your life. The most high does not tempt you. The most high will never tempt you. He don't need to, he made you. Now the devil will tempt you, but not the most high. But what the most high will do is he will test you. And why would the most high test you? The most high will test you. And even wherever you live in now, if you ever went to school, you had a test. If, you, if somebody's teaching you something, then you have to have a test to make sure um, that you followed whatever I taught you and that you could utilize and put in place whatever it is when the test comes. Now, what is the purpose of a test? The purpose is so that you could keep the tools that I've taught you and to grow spiritually, that's the most high, and to grow in your knowledge and that's carnally. So what the, the most high does put tests in your way so that you could learn and keep that for later. And that's what the most high did. He went through a lot of tests, Moses. He went through the test when Zipporah's father um, put him in jail. That's the test. That's the test of endurance and patience. He found love while he was enduring and being patient with Zipporah. Zipporah, the line and their father was pretty just. So he learned patience. He also learned to love and respect his own people. When he was living in Egypt slash Mizraim, and he um, saw all these things when he was growing up until the age of 18, and he knew he couldn't do nothing about it. Did he go out there and start spazzing out? No. So, and even the fact when he was a toddler and put his mouth on that, even though he didn't know what the heck was going on, the most high had him and it was all over him protecting him and loving him and still was teaching him since he was a toddler. So now Abraham, Abraham, sorry, Moses knows all of these things. Now, not that it, the most high said, oh, I'm gonna teach you this, I'm gonna teach you that. Life teaches you that. Life teaches all of us that. And if you grow spiritually, you will understand all the trials and tribulations that you've been through and what was from the most high and what was the temptation from the devil. You will understand that once you start dealing with the Ruach and once you start becoming a believer of the most high. Okay. You'll learn all these little things. Well, that was what was going on with Moses. 
He had to learn a lot of lessons in order to be a leader. So from chapter two, he had to learn how to be that. Growing up, going through all of these trials and tribulations and whatever, going down to uh, the lower part, well, leaving Egypt after killing the man, going down to the lower part of Mesopotamia slash Africa, uh, uh, ruling the kingdom, winning the kingdom, all this stuff being rejected, left, people loved him and all that, and now he's somewhere else and he's learning to love somebody and marry somebody. So all of these things were learning and building blocks for his character. So now we're in chapter three and four. Well, not yet. Yeah, I guess two, three, and four, we get ready to. Now I got less than a minute. I will keep talking and I'll pick it up in a second. Um, lesson please um please pick it up link or a kick get onto your link and then i will hurry up with this we only on two and three i have to set the stage for you to be able to understand what's happening because when i get on to part um seven through twelve we're gonna breeze through because i'm gonna tell you all the plagues of egypt what happened because the most high gonna start crushing egypt yeah because enough is enough so, um, like I said, I'm one three. Okay, Zephora's father's name is Jeffro. You already know there wasn't no J. So it's probably Yehefro or some other name. And he fled to Midian. And that's important to know, Midian. So, um, like I say, um, he's growing spiritually. He wasn't ready for the most high to get to him. Okay, we're back. And like I said, you have to grow spiritually. That's why the most high tests you. So that's what he was doing with Moshe, Moses. He was testing him. All the trials and tribulations that he had grown up and um, gone through and um, learned and kept it hidden in his heart. That's, that's what we do as uh, human beings when we start learning something. We need to keep that in there so that we can teach somebody else. This is what life is supposed to be about, learning your lessons and understanding. But if you can't do that, you're going to be stuck and then it's going to be problems. So anyway, um, Moses starts, you know, learning his lessons and doing whatever he needs to do. Because remember, he is being, um, oh, he is being um, guided by the most high. Now he doesn't know that yet, but he is. So now we're on chapters three and four. So now I told you that Moses gets with Sephora and they living in Midian. So um, I don't know how many years, I can't remember off the top of my head, but you know, they, you know, having a family and raising cattle and sheep and all this other stuff. Remember they had wealth. There was no time at any time did they not have money. Now the, the people who was in uh, Mizraim and all of that, now, it doesn't say anything too much about their finances, but they were slaves. So what do, you, what do you think about that? I mean, if you were slave, you ain't got nothing, right? Okay. So aside from that, the children of Israel was never poor. Aside from going into bondage, they was never poor. So I don't know where all this, you know, just know that. So um, Moshe was not poor. He was with Sephora at this time. They was in Midian. Um, they had flocks, sheep, there was wealth. Remember, I told you, not the wealth that we know today, except for the silver and the gold. But uh, um, aside from that, um, 
there was um, wealth. So um, one day he was um, shearing the sheep and that's cutting off all that hard hair. And you know, they used that. There was a purpose for that. So, you know, there's always a purpose for everything. So, and then he saw this site that he never saw before and it was a burning bush. The bush was burning, he saw, but it wasn't hot. Now, I'm going to have to talk about that for a minute. The most high is a consuming fire. That is one of his attributes. Everybody say, oh, yeah, the most high has many names. Nope. When you start understanding and learning about the most high and being in his will, then you will understand in Hebrew, those names are adjectives and verbs. What I'm doing and, uh, you know, basically add, if you know what an adjective is and you know what a verb is, then you'll know. It's not a noun, okay? A lot of times I will tell you too, human beings, remember, because we mimic what's going on, whether we know it or not, human beings, have a first name, a middle name, and a last name. Is it the same person? Yes. So understand that. So even if you call the most high, um, Yahweh, um, Yahweh, Yahuwah, and that's his name. A lot of times people don't say the other name because it was too holy to say, but the scriptures say that nobody never named Yah. Yah himself said he is I am. And in Hebrew, that means Yahuwah. So you understand, he said I am, okay? It doesn't mean that you know his real name because nobody knows his real name except for the son in the Ruach, nobody. So um, know that, I just want you to know that. So um, now we back at um, Moshe. Can you resell, send that link? Resend the link because some people can't get on. Thank you. Sorry. Um, so Moshe is shearing the sheep and he sees a burning flame that's not hot. Now, there are many other scriptures that tell you that there are certain flames that's not hot. Mm -hmm. That's a flame, but it is, it's not hot. So this is where the Most High introduced himself to Moses. Now I'm going strictly to the book of Jasper right now. So basically, you know, they're having this conversation. The most high is introducing himself. I'm your Elohim from um, Abraham, Isaac, and um, Israel, who they call Jacob. We ain't calling him Jacob no more. So um, I'm, I am their Elohim and I'm yours. So basically that's what he's saying. I'm telling you who I am. I already know what's going on in Egypt and I'm getting ready to make you a God and I'm going to make your brother Aaron. Now, let me just stop. Moses knows he has a brother Aaron. He knows he has a sister Miriam. He knew this since he was young. There was no surprise. So it's not like, you know, in the book of uh, Exodus, it don't tell you all the nuances that went on, all the intricacies that went on between them. It never tells you that, but in the book of Jasper, it does. He already knew that he had sisters and brothers. He knew this already. So they was not reunited yet, but they it was always interactions with them. I mean, yeah, it, it was what it was. So now the Most High is introducing himself, like I said, and he's telling them, I, you're going to be the redeemer. 
you are going to get your children out of um, uh, Mizraim slash Egypt. And I'm, well, I'm going to, and I'm going to use you to do it. Now you're going to be God on earth. And um, your brother um, Aaron is going to be the minister, the priest. That's what he told. That's what the most high told um, um, Moses. Now in between that conversation, Moses said, I'm not a, I'm not a man that I can communicate all of this stuff. How am I going to do that? And that's when the most high said, you're going to be the God and your brother Aaron is going to be the priest. So basically Moses is telling them, this is what you're going to do. You're going to let my people go. You're going to do this and you're going to do that. And if they don't listen, then Aaron's going to do what he need to do. And that's how it went out. Remember, I told you that Moses had a speech impediment impediment how did he have that speech impediment because he put his mouth on that hot coal that's why so now now i'm on five through seven i already told you what went through three and four basically that was going on the interaction between the most high and um and moses but in those um in those chapters he went and they had they formed a bond and a relationship okay now i'm on five through seven now moses the most high got moses ready and aaron to go to egypt slash mizraim i already told you what mizraim meant and go get the people before before they stepped their foot there the most high told him exactly what's going on he said basically to um moses i'm gonna show you how powerful i am because when you go ask for your um, brethren, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart and he ain't going to give you the children. He's not going to let the children go. Now, mind you, it's, it's just slavery to this day. While all this stuff is happening over here on the right hand side, on the left hand side, the children still in bondage. So this was decades, decades and years. And I can't remember how many years off the top of my head, but it was um, generations and generations while um, Moses grew up outside. Remember, he left um, Mizraim when he was 18 and he's coming back as an old man. So that's how many years the, these people over here in Egypt been suffering. Mm -hmm. So now the Most High is grooming um, Moses to go back there. You're going to do all kinds of stuff. And Moses, since he never saw nothing like that, he's open and he's willing and ready but he had no idea. You got it? Okay, there's a scripture in um, the, uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you have no idea, and I'm loosely translating, you have no idea what the Most High has for you, all the wonderful things he said. I mean, you see some things, okay? You probably see some things in your life and you liked it and you delighted, um, you know, you was delighted by it, but you have no, eyes have not seen, honey, all the wonderful things that the Most High got for you. And that's basically what he's saying. Eyes have not seen how much of the miracles I'm going to perform in front of your face. Everybody going to see it. Okay? He already told Moses, which is the children of Israel. He already told us the representative. He already told him that I'm going to do all of that. I'm going to harden his heart. I'm going to do all kinds of stuff. He had to tell Moses what was going on because he didn't want Moses to be shocked now. Even though Moses was. Like, I could tell you what's going on. But until you experience it yourself, you will not get the full um power or um understanding of what's happening okay i mean i can describe it all day but until you experience it yourself you're not going to get the full understanding of it so 
um, Moses, um, Yah is telling Moses what's going on. Now he's sending him to Egypt. Now, by that time, I'm going to set the stage. Um, Janice and Jambres goes, they ran back into, because they got ran out of lower Mesopotamia. They ran right back to Egypt. <laughs> so now they're in Egypt. Remember, they was there when Moses was a baby, and now they're back in Egypt. So now he can really battle them. So now Moses and Aaron is going, and, and, and Pharaoh sees Moses and was like, oh, what you doing here and all that? Moses was like, I'm let my people go. It's time for you to let our people go. No more bondage, no more slavery. Now it's time. We, some, we want some reparations too. We, 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 we leaving. We're we going to take our stuff. Well, we're going we gonna to take our people. We're going to leave. And we can't leave without no money. So you got to give us that too. What do they do? What does um, Pharaoh do? He, well, how are you, um, how are you getting that in my hand? Well, the most high um, is going to help us. And he's telling me to tell you, let my people go. So Moses, I mean, uh, the Pharaoh's like, well, who's the most high? Who's Elohim? Who's who is Elohim? Who is he? Let me check my books. They go and check the books. I don't see nobody like that. I, there's nobody like that in my books. I'm not letting nobody go. And this is all this stuff that Moses is going through. He already knows because the most high already told him. I'm a hardness, so I'm going to do all kinds of stuff. And you must see how, how horrible he's going to be to y'all. But eventually you're going you're gonna to go. And he didn't say eventually. What he's saying is, the people's gonna go, but I'm gonna I'm gonna harden a Pharaoh's heart, and it's gonna be a fight. That's what he's saying. He never tells them the manifestation how it's gonna happen. He never tells them when it's gonna happen. Just to this day, that's how that's how prophecies go. I'm gonna tell you something's gonna happen, but I ain't telling you when, and I ain't telling you how. Okay, so that's the manifestation. That's the science of it all. So. Why are they going back and forth? Now, from chapter five to chapter 12 is the fights. Okay, from chapter five is the, and to chapter 12 is the fights. Throughout all of this time, Moses is telling the, uh, the Pharaoh to let the people go. First, Pharaoh, every time something happens, because it was a whole bunch of stuff that was happening before the plagues came. And um, first, Pharaoh will be like, all right, I'm going to let your people go if you do this, if this happens, if that happens. I'm going to do this. Uh, yeah, we're going to let you, we're going to let him go. And it never, he never kept his word. So Moses continued to say, let my people go. So now they want to know, well, how is your people, let, how is your, your most high going to let your people go? Show me something from your most high, because I'm going to show you what we got. So you already know the snakes. So um, Janice, they got, they said, let's see the power of your most high. So, you know, there was that power of um, Janice and Jeffries. Remember, they the magicians. Um, there was a snake, the most high. First of all, let me put it, let me rewind it a little bit. The most high gave Moses a staff. Okay, he gave him a staff, which is a stick. And you're going to lead the tribe with this staff. There's a, um, there's a prophecy now that Yahusha HaMashiach is going to lead with a staff too. He's going to reprimand with a staff too. The staff is important. 
in the book of Jasa, the staff that Moses had, uh, sorry, that Abraham had, either Abraham or Levi, moved all the way down the line to Zipporah's father, Jethro, Yahethro, or whatever his name is in the real Hebrew. And it was given to um, Moses. So it's not just any staff. So Moses had the staff and that's how he was going to lead the children of Israel. Do not forget about the staff because all through the book of Exodus, you're going to hear about this staff. So Moses is, you know, they, they, they doing a battle. They doing a, um, well, Moses is doing a spiritual battle, but the, um, the children of uh, Egypt, they doing a supernatural battle. Now I'm going to tell you the difference between supernatural and spiritual uh, 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 um, spiritual from the most high. Supernatural is being extra natural. It's just like seeing magic. Do not ever connect supernatural with the most high because supernatural is earthly and carnal for magic. The most high is not magic. The most high manifests he is the most high. Don't put none of these un words that do not, frivolous words that do not connect with the most high, with the most high. So there was no, no magic with the most high. Don't say that because that's earthly nonsense from the pit of hell, a lie from the devil. So while, while these two magicians was doing magic, the most high was manifesting. That's what he was doing. So when that snake came, when um, Moses put the snake down and, and the two um, magicians put their little snakes down, they were like, oh, we could do that too. They put their little stuff down from the devils that gave them that power. Well, remember, the most high is the most high of spirits now. He, he, he makes everything possible. He probably called out two, um, two wicked spirits and was like, go down there and do X, Y, and Z. You just never know. Because he is, remember, he made everything that was made. And if he didn't allow it, then it didn't happen. So while these snakes is down there, uh, Moses' snake eats up both of the other snakes. Just to let you know, I got the power here, okay? All these little things that these magicians was doing, the most high was shutting it down. So now this is when Pharaoh's making all these promises. Oh yeah, I'm gonna let them go. If when I do this, I'm gonna let this go. I'm gonna let them go when you do this. Oh, I'm gonna let them go tomorrow. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. When this happens, I'm gonna let them go. And many times the Pharaoh would say, oh yeah, I'm gonna let them go. All these excuses. But at the end of it all, you know what he says to Moses? I ain't letting them go. That's what he says. <laughs> so now I'm gonna run down the plague, okay? From chapter 7 to chapter 12 is 10 plagues. And I want you to focus and pay attention, pay attention to these plagues. Because remember, there is a prophecy that the Most High says the children of Israel are going to be sent to a spiritual Egypt the second time in ships. And the same thing he did in Egypt, he gonna, uh, the first time he's going to do it the second time. Don't you forget that. So the first plague was from chapter 7. 14 through 725, the first plague. Remember, Pharaoh did not want to let anybody go. So since he didn't let nobody go, the Most High already told Moses, everything I'm going to do, 
I'm gonna send all these plays and put, you know, hey, uh, stand by. So the first plague was the Nile River turned into blood. That's the first plague. Everybody's uh, mysterious, like, whoo, what's going on? Getting all upset. Remember, I already told you the Nile River was paramount for that region. Everything de depended on that Nile River. Okay, so now the Nile River turned to blood. What they gonna do? Couldn't do nothing. Even when they ran to their houses, because you know if it's the Nile River and there ain't no running forces and stuff, you had to have a whole bunch of water in the house. All that water was blood too. Then plague number two, which was chapters eight to one, eight one through eight fifteen, was frogs. Now I'm I'm basically talking about the book of um, Jasper because there's more nuances in the book of Jasper than it is in the regular book of um, Exodus. These frogs was everywhere. They was in people's stomachs. They was in everything. They was everywhere. Okay. Then the plague number three was lice. And let me just stop this. Let me just give you a little piece of information. Well, all these plagues was done. They, it was only plaguing the Egyptians. It wasn't plaguing the children of Israel, just to let you know. Okay. The third plague was lice. And that's chapters 8, 16 through 8, 19. And they was everywhere. And people's hair and they every, everywhere. It was plaguing the animals. It was plaguing the people. It was plaguing everything. Everything. Except for the children of Israel. Plague number four was flies. And I mean, they was everywhere too. And people's eyes, ears, nose, everywhere. It was a plague. Chapters 8, 20 through um, 8, 32. Plague number five was pestilence in livestock. The livestock was dying because pestilence, which was disease, plagued them. And guess what? When they was doing all of that, when it was pestilence on the livestock, all the livestock died. Uh-huh. Except for the children of Israel's livestock, their livestock was still eating and doing whatever they needed to do. It didn't even come nowhere near them. Then plague number six was boils. Oh, I'm sorry. Plague to the livestock was chapter nine, one through seven. The plague of the boils, I already told you, it didn't get to the children of Israel, only the Pharaoh. Now, while all these things was happening, Moses, through all those plagues, Moses kept going, let my people go. And what the Pharaoh kept going? Nope. So guess what? The plagues continue. All throughout these 10 plagues, um, uh, Moses like, let my people go. No. Okay. Boils, chapter 9, 8 through 12. Uh, plague number 7, hail and fire. Hail. In the middle of Egypt, hot as hell. And there's hail. What's hail? Ice and water. That's what hail is. And fire. And Pharaoh still didn't let him go. And that's chapter 9, 13 through 35. Then it was plague number 8, locusts. Now I'm ready to stop locusts in a minute. Now, through all of this stuff that was happening, nobody didn't have no food. It, food was very scarce. I already told you, number one, um, famines, they've been here since a long time ago. Today's time, we call them depressions, but they famines. Through that time, it was famine, famines back and forth. It was, food was scarce, especially through the plagues. If the frogs is coming, the frogs is eating everything, the lice is contaminating everything, the flies was contaminating things, the pestilence on the livestock stopped the food. 
Then you got boils, you got sick. Then hail and fire, where's anything growing? Okay, so now plague number eight, locusts. You know what the children um, uh, uh, now, I'm, like I said, it did not affect the children of Israel. It affected the children of Mizraim slash Egypt. When the, um, when the plague of locusts came, you know, the children of Egypt was happy because they started eating the locusts. And the most high was like, oh, I don't think so. And he killed the locusts. So they wouldn't eat them. <laughs> and that's in chapters. Oh gosh, in the regular, in the regular Exodus, I'm quoting the chapters, but in the book of um the book of Jasper, you'll hear it. And in the um the book of Exodus starts in um chapter 65 in the book of Jasper, which you probably already heard if you started hearing book number four of the book of Jasper. But anyway, um the locusts came in chapters 10, 1 through 20. So the children of um uh, uh, Egypt thought that they was going to get some food and start eating them locusts and the Most High was like I don't think so and killed them all and swashed them all into the river <laughs> so they couldn't get them okay and then plague number nine was three days of darkness and that's chapters 10 21 through 29 now I'm going to tell you you already know back in those days there wasn't no lamps and all this other stuff it was, you know they was using um, probably candles and fire and whatever else it was so dark, nobody could see anybody. When I'm talking about dark, I'm not talking about dark like we have here. Because, you know, even when it's dark, you can still see, see stuff because you see the little lamps overhead and, and those lights and stuff. I'm talking about pitch black. Nothing. You couldn't see nothing. And it was three days of, of it. Nobody saw nothing. Okay? Nothing. Nada. Nobody see nothing. And he still wouldn't let them go. Now. We on this, we on this um, number 10, the plague number 10, and that's chapters 11, 1 through 12, and then chapter um, 11 through 30. I'm going to tell you this. After that, um, the darkness, the Most High said to um, Moses, now I'm going to take every firstborn of the children of Egypt. And what I need you to do, I need you, because I'm getting ready to send a spirit to take them all. And what was that spirit? What was the spirit? The spirit was the Grim Reaper. How what they call the Grim Reaper? You know, the the um, the person who comes and takes you when you get ready to die. So he sent that spirit. He said, "I'm gonna send this spirit, and this is what I want you to do." Because the spirit don't discriminate; it's taking you. If this, if the Most High is sending that spirit. Whatever's on the agenda of that spirit, that's what the spirit going to do. So the Most High said, all of the firstborn, all of the first, every firstborn and everything, is, I'm taking them. So yeah, from the, the people, the animals, the insects, I'm taking the first. So what I want you to do is close your doors and put some blood on the outside of the doors and let that spirit know that pass by. So that's the Passover. That's what the Passover means. So uh, the Most High gave Moses enough time to do that for the animals, for the people. And you stay in there and don't come out until it's time. So the Most High gave them through that three days of darkness, I believe, from that time and doing all, preparing yourself and do whatever you need to do. 
That's what they did. And guess what? The spirit of death came and took every firstborn, everything, took everybody, everybody. So when the, after that spirit came by and took everybody, all hell was breaking loose. Okay. It broke Pharaoh down. Cause you already know the first, the firstborn gets everything, especially the first male in Egypt, they become Pharaoh. The first male in every in in um in Israel, the firstborn is supposed to get everything if it's a male. They get the double portion. You already know that. So everybody screaming and hollering. Death already passed by and took everything, the first thing with it. He still asked, well, he didn't go to the he didn't go to the Pharaoh yet, but the Pharaoh's daughter who raised Moses was like, What the heck is going on? Why are you doing this to us? I raised you, I took you out of the um, I took you out of the uh the Nile, I raised you as my own. I did this, I did that. You know what Moses said? Are your children dead? The most high spared you, you still alive. Okay. He spared the Pharaoh too. Be glad. And this is what I mean. Everybody always run, running around, talking about what they don't have. You better count your blessings. The fact that you can hear this lesson, the fact that you can see and get up and do whatever you doing, you better thank the most high for that. Everybody running around talking about what you did, what you did, what your, what your most high did, what your Elohim did. You better be glad you still here to even complain about it. And that's exactly what Moses, Moses told her. Are you still here? Are your children here? We'll be glad. So now he goes back to Pharaoh. Are you going to let us go or what? So he finally lets them go. And they walk on. But before they go, guess what? The Pharaoh gives them money to go. He gives them reparations. They left. So now they're going. Now I'm on chapters 12, 31 to 35. Let me hurry up because I don't know how much time I got. So now they're leaving. They're leaving Egypt. So now they walk. They walking. Now remember, it's multitudes of them because they multiplied and did all of that when everything was good before they went to slavery. So now they, um, the uh, Pharaoh's giving them money and, and flocks and all this to get the hell out of Egypt. So now between chapters 12, 31 and uh, 15 and then chapters 12 and 21, the, um, they walking towards the sea, okay? They leaving uh, Mishraim, they walking towards the sea and then they get ready to cross the Red Sea. And then here come uh, Pharaoh. Now Pharaoh's pissed off. He's saddling up. We can ready in these chariots. We can ready round them up, honey. Uh-uh, they ain't leaving. I didn't already said they was um, I said that they was gonna um that they could go, but I changed my mind. So now they're going out here to try to see if they could go and get Moses. They're trying their best. They run out there. Now Moses got that staff and he's ministering to the multitudes. Come on, we leaving, you know, everybody going and what have you. Now he's crossing the sea and the sea opens up for the most high. I mean, through the most high, it opens up for Moses. And now they crossing the sea and get ready to get on out of there. They get halfway through. Now, let me just tell you this. 
In the regular Exodus, it says that they, uh, they, you know, the Red Sea opened up one big thing for everybody, but in the book of Jasper, it doesn't say that. It says several openings, several openings so that the children uh, could walk through. It's several openings, and I don't mean seven. Seven does not mean several. Several could be anything up until seven, okay? Don't say seven, because you could just say seven. I mean, don't say several when you mean seven. Several means five openings, four openings, three openings. It's more than one opening that opened up for the children. Remember, they was fruitful and multiplied. How on earth, wrap your head around this. How on earth could all these multitudes of people go through one thing and then not be caught by Pharaoh? Does that even make sense? Okay, another lie from the devil. Anyway, it was several openings and that's how they got, they moved forward. So by the time um, Pharaoh saddled his stuff up and did, and uh, probably a day or two later, whatever, um, they got halfway in the middle of one of those openings. And guess what? The water closed up on their behinds. Now, they didn't cross the uh, Red Sea. That was chapter 14. And then now they walking around in the, um, in the um, quote unquote uh, wilderness because now they're going back to where their forefathers is, okay? Was, excuse me, where their forefathers started out. And now they're in the wilderness from chapter 14 on. So um, the journey to Sinai is chapters 15, um, 22 through 18, and then 15 and 27. So now they in the wilderness, Oh, I'm running out of time, but I'm gonna wrap it up. They're in the wilderness and now they're starting to get antsy. First, they believe the, um, the most high uh, through Moses and Aaron and Miriam. Now they're starting to get antsy. People are acting crazy and they starting to do stuff. And um, the, most high, um, the most high is advising uh, Moses and Aaron. Everybody getting mouthy and, oh, I'm hungry. I don't want this. I don't want that. Doing this, doing that. Child, they doing all kinds of stuff. Throughout that whole time from 15 to 18, to 18, all kinds of stuff is happening. The, um, the most high is getting sick of them too. Excuse me. He's getting sick of them because enough is enough. They, um, they doing all kinds of stuff. They doubting. They're uh, mouthing off at Moses. Moses is trying to intercept and please watch over them. The most high can ready, he's saying he can ready wipe them out and stuff. They they selfish, they stiff neck. The most high is going in on them. Uh-huh. And Moses is trying to be the mediator between the, the most high and the children. The children's doing all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, Aaron and his sister Miriam talk about, well, how could um well, if the Most High is dealing with you, then the Most High, what makes you think you special? The Most High going to be dealing with us too. And he made Miriam leprous because Miriam spoke at a turn. Who the hell are you? I'm not talking to you. The Most High is like, I'm getting ready to turn her leprous. Moses is, is praying, please, please don't get rid of her. And they going in. Who are the children of Israel? The most stiff-necked, the most people who don't listen to nobody, all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of nuances that go on between chapter 12 and chapter 18. Too many to explain. You will hear it in the book of Jasper, the last book, which I'm getting ready to upload, and in the book of um, Exodus. 
the nuances, like I said, and I'm getting ready to read it. Uh, I already told you Mesopotamia and all of that stuff, but um, let me see. Hold on, because I'm already explaining. It. Okay, Miriam becomes a leper. I already told you. The Most High is um, uh, separating the people and telling Aaron, you're going to be the line of the priest in his line. Um, he's giving out um, titles and making a tabernacle and telling people what they can and cannot do, what type of people could come into the tabernacle, what type of people can't, what kind of fire needs to stay in there. He's directing Moses of how to build the tabernacle and which rooms to do this and that. And um, they're establishing, getting ready to establish the law. They haven't established the law yet. Um, the Most High is still teaching Moses how to be a good leader. They was in the wilderness for 40 years. Why were they in the wilderness for 40 years? Because they didn't listen to no damn body. The Most High made them, it was only supposed to be a few days journey from here to Mount Sinai, only a few days, a few days, it turned to 40 years because they didn't listen. Who were the children of Israel? They're the ones who don't listen to nobody. How do you tell? Go to any island, go to New York, go to any place where they congregate and you see they don't listen to no damn body. You already know who the children of Israel is. There is no mistake in who the children of Israel are. They've been the same. I already told you, everything works in a circle. They've been the same since day one. They don't listen to nobody. They wasn't listening to the Most High. Oh, we hungry. The Most High gave them manna. Oh, we want some meat. The Most High had all these quail sit down and he said, you know what? You want some meat? You're going to eat this meat for 30 days. You're going to eat this meat until it's coming out your ears. He made them eat that meat and you bet not waste none. Oh, the, most, the children of Israel something else. Oh, they, they don't listen to nothing. Why are they in bondage today? Why are they in the land of their captivity today? Because they don't listen. Their forefathers didn't listen. None of this. This is why they're in the position they are. This is why somebody could walk down the street in Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and nobody care and nobody say nothing because they bypassed their own blessings. It started from here. They didn't listen. Children of Israel ain't listening to nobody. I don't care how many times the Most High said, look, do this and this and that. What they do is always a murmur. It's always a fight. It's always everything. It's like one, you having a child and the child, you love the child, but the child don't listen to nothing. And when you reprimand a child, this child is still determined to do what he wants to do. Now, you being a parent, what you going to do to that child? You're going to continue to uh, whoop his behind and make him conform. Oh, you're just going to leave him to his own vices. I already told you, the worst thing you can do is leave him to his own vices. How many scriptures are there that say spoil the rod and um, spare the rod and pull the, spoil the child? And it don't say it like that. It wants you to whoop your child's behind. There's several scriptures in that Bible and outside the Bible that makes you, that says that you must discipline your child. And the most high disciplined the children of Israel when they was in the wilderness. Oh yeah, he disciplined them. He wiped out most of them because they kept doing stuff they ain't had no business. They was worshiping gods. They put a, a calf together, a golden calf. They start putting some kind of um, fire that didn't belong to the most high in the tabernacle. They started, like I said, murmuring about food. They was murmuring so much that the Most High put some type of, um, he put snakes all over and the snakes was biting the hell out of them and killing them. The, um, the, the mouth of the earth swallowed up many of them. 
the most high was tearing the children of Israel up. Oh yeah. He was tearing them up. It wasn't no cakewalk or no picnic in the um the wilderness with the most high and the children of Israel, because the, the children of Israel was determined to have their own way. They kept running back, going, Oh, we want to go back to Egypt because we knew what was going on in Egypt, but we don't know what's going on here. They did not trust the most high, they did not do any of that. And the most high disciplined them back and forth, up and down, round and round. He was tearing them up. <laughs> and he and, and um he said, well, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that later. But I guess I'll say it now, but I'm going to leave it for later. He said, "Not many of y'all ain't going to go. You ain't going to the uh, promised land. You're not going. And it had to be the next generation that went. Because that first generation that was in the wilderness, they didn't go. Only a few of them, only a handful went. And that I, I'm, I'm putting the cart before the horse because the law... And the tabernacle tells you that they still in um they still in the wilderness in this first part from one to um I'm sorry from um twelve to um eighteen they still in the wilderness fighting with Yah. It's like a spiritual father or a father with his child that will not listen, and the father's determined. Oh, you gonna listen to me? Mm -hmm. You gonna listen to me? So that's what happened with them. So we're gonna leave that right here. That's the Exodus, the first one part one through eighteen. Next week is the law, which is 19 through 24. And the week after that is the tabernacle, which is 25 to 40. It's only four, excuse me, 40 uh, chapters to the book of Exodus. I just broke down one through 18. Now I want to say this homework. That was the homework. We will continue with the book of Jasa, number five. The book of Jasa already started with Exodus. If you already listened to book four, I'm getting ready to upload book five. So it's going to give you all what I just said and more. The last book, which I already told you, listen and meditate on Exodus, the regular one and the book of Moses. You got seven days to do that for your own edification. It's not for me. I already noticed if the most high step down here, do you really believe you will be going with him, not being in his word, not walking with him, not understanding? Think about that. Um, if you have any questions or concerns, because I got less than a minute, we cannot go through them, but you can always upload it. As a matter of fact, people that are listening to this platform, they are starting to upload questions. I am very happy about that. I just did a new um, thing called um, the Q&A um, segment. When I start seeing questions, I will start answering questions. Um, whatever name you want me to use, I will use, or I will use your um, name that the email pops up on. I thank you for being here. I hope that this message edifies you. And um, I want to say Shabbat Shalom. Hi, if you like what you're hearing, please hit the follow button so you can be notified when a new lesson is available. You can also upload a question or take a poll for more of your favorite topics. Thanks for listening.